It's the wrong one, sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Reckon I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And how do you reckon it, pal? Well, we draw a theme from a hat, and then we each bring a record that we feel like matches that theme. We listen to it, we talk about it, and we hang out. That sounds right. Uh, if you want to get hold of us, like, suggest themes possibly, or just want to tell us how bad we suck, where can they get hold of us? <laughs> Uh, where whatever social media platform they would like to, we're on Facebook. You can find us at Record Night. Uh, we're on Twitter at Record underscore Night. We're on Instagram at Record Night Pod, and we're at uh, Gmail at uh, Record Night Pod at Gmail Yeah, I like all those places. We'll look at all. Yeah, email just... is my favorite social media platform. Yeah, <laughs> it's because like you know, I still have Facebook. That the only thing I share on my personal Facebook. Is like hard times articles. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I share on there, and then also uh, stuff for the show. But <laughs> that, I I kind of keep my opinions to myself lately because I, I, I whatever. Um, but, um, so uh, our theme today because we're doing a full episode, not many. So this is a full blown, uh, longer episode. Uh, our theme today is life changing records mm-hmm. or life changers, which is one that I imagine we could do. A hundred times over. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're just we're go, we're going straight out the gate with stuff we that you know right away comes to us. But I, I have I don't know thirty forty records to change my life so far. I, I'm sure I've got more. I feel like this one is the most important to me as far as like music taste. Like pretty much everything I like is like I can trace back to this as being uh, like the genesis of me having different taste. This record I chose for me, it, it it forms how I feel about music and everything today to this day. Mm-hmm. Like it, it this is I was let's say I was a a a uh, formless shape of clay, <laughs> and this record started to form me into the person I am now. Uh, of course, I'm not basing my whole identity on this. I'm just saying it influenced you so much. But uh, you know what? I want to know what what trick you chose for life changing. Yeah, I brought uh, Primus's "Sailing the Seas of Cheese." Oh, what did nice. you bring? I brought No Effects's "Punk and Drublik," the classic nineteen ninety four record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Punk and Drublik, the, the, the two bands stronger. neither of us will ever shut up about. I know, right? And uh, I think that that when people hear I listen to No Effects and they don't know like No Effects pretty well, they think I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an imbecile or something. So, uh, but I I'm not shy about my love for no effects as you're not shy about your love for Primus, and I got a lot to say about this record uh, that we're about to talk about. Uh, anyway, um, I'm feeling all right. Are you feeling good? I am. I mean, we get to talk about sure. my favorite album of all time. So yeah, yeah, and I want everyone who's listening to feel good. I want you to. Uh, I don't know if you you listen to this go to sleep or you're actually engaging it. But I want you to have a good time, guys, because <laughs> uh, it's been I'm finally able to I don't know if you've been go, go, go for the past two months. Mm-hmm. But I feel like today was the first day I woke up and I was like, I don't ha- I'm not like rushed at all. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Like, it, it's really felt like we haven't had a whole lot of time to do record night. I know. And we talked about the beginning of the year, man, uh, more content. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> 
I think we can suddenly, uh, I don't want to speak too soon, but I think we can finally start doing that. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention something that weird that happened. So I went to a wedding Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. On the way home at 1130, uh, I hit a deer <laughs> with my car. Um, and that, so in, the, in my car, I can't really drive it to get out of the car since there's a dent, like in the quarter panel on the front, I can't open my car, my driver's side door all the oh, way. Geez. So I have to, I had to climb over the pet, the console and come on the patch to see like a parkouring out of the car. So, um, <laughs> so I can't really drive it. It's drivable, but not really. Cause also the front like headlight shattered and guys, I'm sorry. This deer didn't make it, but he, he, he was, uh, but it, it didn't suffer. I'll say that anyway. But, uh, so like, I feel like there's something always fucking I had to take care of, but today I'm still feeling like I got time. Right. So, no uh, rush. Right, so yeah, but Primus sailing the seas of cheese for people who don't know what the fuck, who the fuck Primus are, who are Primus. I'm going to give it a short one. Cause we've done a couple episodes on Primus now. So if you've been keeping up, uh, they've got like a full introduction on, I think two full, two other episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. But they are a Bay Area band known for, you know, crazy bass playing, kind of like weird, progressive something. They're they're pretty indescribable, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's three dudes. It's Les Claypool on bass, uh, Larry Lalonde on guitar and Tim Alexander on drums. And yeah, they're they're my favorite band because of this album. Um, And add Okay. No, you go. Uh, how did you um? How did you get in Primus? Just short again. Yeah, uh, I've. It's kind of across like two different like little stories, I guess. Like mm-hmm. Jerry was a race car driver from this album. Appeared on the soundtrack for Tony Hawk Pro Skater One. I feel like that 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 soundtrack has influenced so many kids oh, into yeah. like into weird weird weirder music or a wider range of music than the what they had on the radio mostly. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then the like second part of that is Primus. When I was growing up, they were playing a, a show in Colorado and our uh, local access show, like interviewed them. And then throughout the night played every single one of their music videos. And I distinctly remember going like, oh, Jerry was a race car driver. I know that song. And Tommy the Cat, that's a really cool song. And I got a, you know, one of those like mail order CD things that they used to do. Yeah, yeah. It had a couple a, a CD for like a dollar, right? Yeah. Or something like that. I think this, you paid full price. Okay. I can't remember, but either way, okay. had a couple Primus things. I asked my friend who liked Primus, like, Hey, which albums have these songs? And every song I asked about, he was like, Oh, that's on sailing the seas of cheese. So I bought that obviously. Mm-hmm. And then it never appeared in the mail order thing again. So I think I bought it the last time you could possibly buy it. And that's how I got this album. Um, uh. So Sailing the Seas of Cheese came out in 1991. It's their second album, but their major label debut. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you certified on, uh, platinum. Vinyl? Yeah, I have it on oh, wow. CD, vinyl, and I have, I don't know where I got this, but I've got an empty cassette tape thing. <laughs> I never bought it. It, it just kind of appeared yeah. in my collection. I'm sure that like something like either someone saw it and gave it to you or you got it and just don't remember it because there's tons of stuff I have. I, I couldn't tell you how I got all the records on my shelf. Right. Like, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I've got I've got it uh, you know, multiple formats. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I would say 
this is life changing for me because mm-hmm. it's you know the the genesis of my like personal taste um and yeah and i mean mm. this has nothing to do with it being life changing but i also really like the cover <laughs> i'm just that, those were the my my smattering of notes i had i was like oh shit i forgot to mention how cool the like it like it's not like claymation because it's not animated but like clay sculptures yeah it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty ball dude i like it a lot do you want to do us a sample and we'll talk more about this record i think so i think we should all right dive in all right this is primus's sailing the seas of cheese <laughs> Yeah, that's the same portion of Primus's Sailing the Seas of Cheese. So this was released in 1991. How the fuck was this released on a major label? I have no idea. <laughs> right? Like, like, but it was on, uh, you're with me on that. It was on Interscope, and Interscope is a little weirder. Okay. 
Because like, to me, I understand that you're coming out on American, which is recruitment label. But like, like in 1991, I got I I don't see this being released on a major label today. Like, oh no, Primus would come out and they put the other shit. They'd probably just stick with like a like a, a, a indie or metal, maybe southern. I don't know what put, who would put this out now, but it wouldn't be Interscope or BMG or any of those big music corporations, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean it's good, but it's not. I mean the landscape of music's different anyway. Yeah. Like I, this isn't really what people are looking for, but I mean, they put out their own stuff now anyway, since they're, okay. they're big enough to do so. I think they own all the rights to their stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. Um, do you, so is it, it's a, it's a very, like, like it's a very strange record, obviously mm-hmm. like, that's primus. They're straight up weird, a uh, bordering outside your music sort of things. Cause, cause uh, Les Claypool is a, a, a madman. A sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it is pretty close to like, I don't know if they're necessarily like outsiders, at least like how you yeah. like listen to outsider music, but yeah. it does have the like, you're listening to some songs in here and you're like, is this a seven minute long song about fishing? Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we can talk about track by track because I feel like we can. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's do that and we'll add our own little things in here and there. But Let's start with the first track on Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Seas of Cheese. Correct. Yeah. The, um, uh, the intro track of sorts. They don't call it an intro, but it's an intro. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, it, it sounds like, was there is there cello or double bass? What am I hearing? At the it's, it's a stand-up bass. A stand-up bass? Yeah. He, okay. Les Claypool also plays one of those. Um, I think this might be when it first shows up in their in their discography and then it kind of it typically hits like at least one track per record after (laughs) this because this definitely does set up the style of the record um because glass claypool has a very carnival varker type tonality every now and then Mm -hmm. when he gets going because because i wouldn't say he's a great singer he's unique it yeah there's not really too much like I guess like vocal melody. It's all kind of like, it's all in like the music part of it. Yeah. Which is what you gravitate to. That's your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this song of this intro just basically says like, we're, we're taking to this weird ass land. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of, it's talking about the, uh, the musical landscape then where it's just like, Hey, if you're kind of tired of hearing normal crap, here you go. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get you, we're gonna get you with some weird shit. Yeah, come on a some, come on a little journey with us. But man, what how is, bad would a sea of cheese smell? By the way, what does it mean? Yeah, like I've listened to them for so long, so they've had <laughs> like, come on, you know, like come with us, we'll sail the seas of cheese. There's a later, uh, like lyric on uh, the album Pork Soda, where the line is, um. There comes a time for every man to sail the seas of cheese. I'd like to know he, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like Les Claypool to sit down and tell us what the seas of cheese is. Yeah, it's like, what? Uh, <laughs> I, okay, I do know that he smokes, or he used to, or still kind of does, smokes a lot of weed. Like, that's like his shit, apparently. I didn't know he was some legendary pothead, but apparently that's what Les Claypool is. Mm-hmm. And there was I don't know if he, time. like, was necessarily known for smoking a lot of it, but he was vocal about liking it. I'm glad he's not like 
I'm glad this whole thing isn't like like no smoker. Where it's all just about smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. Like he just like this song is really just about smoking weed. But you want to get to like like the first song, like proper song in the record. Yeah, which is uh, "Here Come the Bastards." Yeah. uh, So this is the first like you can has like a it has this. There's a a few weird time signatures on this record. This one's like just a thump thump thump. It's a it's a weird one. but it's it's where Wes just like like when you hearing this first song sort of gives you the idea of how prominent the bass is throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, this is it's, really it's, like this is like you get what you're gonna get on the the album. Like it kind of shows off their uh, their like power dynamic where it's like mm-hmm. bass is gonna take center stage, guitar is gonna be supporting that, and drums are gonna yeah. be like complex and interesting, but they're not. They're they're still not really like the focus. They're they're there for you to like, you know, just kind of pick up on the nuances of. And would you call them a funk metal band? No, that I've right always hated that. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. You've, like I said, they're kind guy. of like indescribable, and that's just kind of people <laughs> yeah. throwing stuff at the wall to see what will stick. They're like they've got metal stuff in it, and they've got slap bass. So funk but metal, I, I guess. This- yeah, but but the slap bass to me is like, the way he does. It's like like no one else does, you know. Exactly. Like, like like you could call, and I you know I hate I hate Chili Pepper Smoke for the most part, but they do some funk stuff, which is it borders on unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know like like uh, but th- I didn't get anything that's unlistenable in this record no, at all. Me like so c- calling it funk is totally wrong. Uh, in my aspects, I'm glad, well, I'm glad you there is good, like real funk out there, like yeah. Parliament and Funkadelic. If we're going to yeah. talk about funk, I, I wouldn't talk about Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, goddamn, get off your ass and jam. But um, here come the bastards. Uh, so uh, again, I, I also I read the lyrics along with this, <laughs> and it doesn't really mean that much, obviously. Um, I, I guess you could. It's just kind of like but, an, a war- a warning, I guess, that a bunch of weirdos yes. with weird ideas are on the way. I do like the the line, like uh, something about a hammerhead shark, nose hairs, and flatus, which the, I don't know if flatus is, but I'm guessing it's like flatulence. Like, it is, yeah. Like, like Okay, good. All right. Which they say but, it twice on this album. Yeah, they do use that term flatus, and I'm like, okay. They just and thought it was really he, funny, I guess. I mean, I guess if you're high, yeah. parting point, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, okay, but they also think amazing handed dexterity, which uh, Wes has if he's doing this. And this is like, it's like, I would call this an intro track too, because they talk about here they come. Mm-hmm. In the last record, they talk about people coming again. You know, like it comes full circle, right? Am I, am I doing that right? Yeah, here they come. Is it in the last track too? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. That the last track. You said the last yeah. record, and I was like, I don't remember that on. Frizzle Fry, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was Frizzle Fry the the? What's their last studio effort? Like a it was like full record. Do you mean their most recent or the one previous to this album? The most recent. Uh, Conspiranoid. Which is, is that a record? Or is that an EP? It's an EP. So then it would be uh Rainbow. What is that called? The Saturating Seven. Two thousand one. I have. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Uh, I was not prepared for a quiz. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought this was your favorite. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I, I like this song, but it didn't grab me. Like, like as as I was still sort of, you know, swimming, in mm-hmm. the sea, so to speak. <laughs> uh, Trying try to get the shit that's in the, that ship that's in the middle of the middle of the uh, cover. Um, but I like, I, like I really this. like when the guitar does its like solo things after, mm-hmm. after yeah, the chorus, yeah. like that's, I, that's one of the things about Primus is everyone talks about like how good the bass playing is, but it's like the guitar players doing insane, really interesting stuff. And mm-hmm. the drummer is doing insane, interesting stuff like playing on just this giant drum kit. You've seen them live. So you, so yeah, you times, did just yeah. see we saw him live just recently. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And is is he still wearing still wearing that weird oil man outfit with like the hat and like the like the older? I mean, uh, the drummer. What? No, the I'm sorry, Les. What was he wearing when he saw him? Um, I think for this one he was mostly wearing like 1970s prog rock stuff. Of course he was. Like okay, because it it was the uh, the farewell to Kings tour. Where they That's played a right. whole okay. album, uh, and that must have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They played. They played some prime stuff too. Yeah, they, they did two full it. sets. Okay. Good. I, I, I imagine that was relief for people who were there to see Primus. Yeah. Rush, <laughs> Rush, Rush, Rush Tribute Band. Um, but Sergeant Baker, this is a song that first grabbed me. Like, like this is a song I was like, oh fuck. Like I remember this song. Like, for like I. I don't know why it just it grabbed me right away because it's like, a good song. Um, this one, yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> but I um, love, I love the. It's got that kind of like long, jazzy, loungy intro with like an accordion. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you hear a whistle. Mm-hmm. And that's when Sergeant Baker shows up. It's time to, to wake teach up. you how to play the game. He's a repeat personal, repeat personality. But um, so I I got a weird nine. So it's nineteen ninety one, and Fugazi had released their first record like a year before this. Mm-hmm. And I hear like early Fugazi. I don't know if we, I'm going to guess the Primus influence Fugazi or vice versa, but I hear that in this song particularly, and particularly in the pre-chorus. I just hear it in a vocal way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know enough about Fugazi to agree or disagree with that, but yeah, you just gonna shake your head. Yes, yeah, I believe you. I'll be like, oh, neat. So you heard that <laughs> with the with the right left the scream that. I hear like Ian McKay, like interchangeable with the Les Claypool mm-hmm. with the screaming of that part or the yelling. I don't want to say screaming because that's, it's not doing justice, but, uh, Sergeant Baker. I like this song. It's, it's basically about a, uh, a drill sergeant who's in a whipping the shape boy. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> play the game of war, of war. Yeah. Just, um, you know, systematically change people, um, by like breaking them down. Which is a good old, good old brainwashing. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> They've got, you know, that part where he's doing right, left. It sounds kind of like marchy and military. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like th- I like the song a lot, though. It, um, it's, it's great. And it's a classic. I think this is this is actually an early, a pretty early Primus song. Like they'd been sitting on this one for a while. Oh, so they had it perfected. Pretty much. Do yeah. you think what? Do you think with bands when they they have a song written they think it's pretty much done? Do you think they ever fuck with it before they record it for the first time? Oh, probably. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna bring Fugazi again real quick. <laughs> Fugazi had a song called Furniture. Um, you can hear Furniture in their live sets as early as 1989, 
and didn't record like record a proper version of it till 2001. Weird. Right? Yeah, and it's it's pretty much the same. It's that they took out like like the Beastie Boys as part of it, like because you know a lot in the early, early 80s, early 90s, people were like you know the Beastie Boys where they had like some of the back going, yeah, or like there were people that saying like really enthusiastically, right? Like a hype man. This the one they recorded is much more like clinically clinical and like stop start and like razor sharp version of it where the only ones you hear gee in the background and go I do and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> so I, I I would like to know like how this sounded when it first came and how it's changed since then. Well, but, I uh, bet it probably didn't have the little jazzy intro. Yeah, I bet that was that was that was. I like that. Is that your favorite part of the song? If you had to pick a favorite part, of the, the intro where they're not playing anything. Yeah, exactly. no, that's not my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I like um, I like the verses on this. Um, they do, you know, they jam out a little bit on it. I really like um, you get you get a hint of the uh, the bass whammy bar in this song when he yells. That's what I'm hearing. When he yells, "Sound off." Okay. And it's like, it's kind of just like rumbly and weird sounding. That's what he's doing. Uh-huh. He's just yanking the whammy bar. So there is something that wouldn't be cool now in this song. Some lyrics. Well, I think for um, what they're trying to get across, it's fine. It's also so a reference full- to Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, it certainly, certainly is. Uh, you get a horns boy. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so the, uh, both both records today have have a little bit of problematic. Um, uh, only this song for but a few things on no effects. Mm-hmm. But um, but here, yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, they do reference Full Metal Jacket. If you guys seen that movie, it uh, to me the the really only really good part of Full Metal Jacket is like the first thirty minutes. The rest of it you can watch. It's not not near as good as that first thirty minutes you're gonna get of it. This is not a movie show though. But are you are you on, are you on board with that with me? It, like. Oh, I like Full Metal Jacket. It's not my favorite Kubrick movie. What's your favorite? Probably 2001. Either that That's or The Shining. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like, you know, a lot of people like, I don't like The Shining because Stephen King didn't like it. I'm like, well, Stephen King is not a master filmmaker. Yeah. He, <laughs> I think Stephen King stuff works when it's, you know, edited down by somebody. Or, you know, someone has a valid different vision for it. And I, I'm sorry that Stephen King didn't like The Shining. Whatever, mm-hmm. I like it. Not quite a bit. It's fine for stuff to to be different and stand on its own as long as it's good. Yeah. Uh, what's move on to American Life if you want to? I do uh, because it is my this favorite is a... Primus song. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I really liked it, and uh, to me, it's the it's the first song on this first and one of the only songs on this record that has a, a real message to it. You know, you didn't think Sergeant Baker had a message to it. It, it I'm kind of, but like this one, this, this one's one is, a little like, more clear. Does, yeah, this one's a little clear. So like, you know, um, I just uh, what I wrote down is God just sw- swing that fretless bass stick less because <laughs> 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 less because uh, yeah, he's going crazy on this one. But uh, this song's called American Life, and it basically talks about uh, for uh, immigrants, American Life kind of really fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Well, really for um, really for everybody, because the last verse is yeah, about yeah, yeah, a, you know a, vet- a homegrown veteran. Yeah, and we're apparently they can't. Uh, I don't want to talk. This is not that show, but we'll talk about it a little bit. But, <laughs> um, um, I mean, but yeah, I this song uh, 
is I mean we're getting talking about the base, but Le- Les can fuck. He just he just shows he just shows himself. Like like I don't know where you have if he ever ends up fucking anything, any sort of inspiration for what he's playing. Mm-hmm. But like, again, he lays the groundwork and he works it. And I, just, I, just, I want to see him play live. Jesus fuck. I got to, I just, I want to get, I want, I want a video just of his fingers. It, it's <laughs> crazy. It's, well, you'll have to watch uh, like him play Tommy the cat or something. I can't wait to talk about Tommy the cat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, it's just, it's about kind of the failure of the American dream, like you were saying, but you know, there are people mm-hmm. who still kind of hold on to it. But yeah. You go mm-hmm. through three different characters. You've got like er- early immigrants coming from Italy. You've got, yeah. um, you know, a refugee and then a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, the guitars playing like this really interesting, just kind of like slide guitar. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I think it works um, really well here. Like, it kind of like opens up the track a little bit, mm-hmm. it makes it kind of like airy and flow a little more. When, when it comes to the way Les is singing most of these tracks, I'm going to say that right, say this right now. It's 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 very loose. <laughs> I guess <laughs> is the best way to put it, and not in in the best way, but, but um, but but in a, it's. It works for Primus. What like, do you mean by loose? Like, by loose is in like, like he sort of seems to either shoehorn stuff in there, or or say it in a weird way that like because he'll, he'll he'll make stuff that kind of rhymes just by saying it differently, you know. Uh, we'll we'll get to that later, but um, so the way he sings it, again, there's not a whole lot of melody. It's all done with music, music wise. Um, but but I feel like. When I say loose and fat, like loose is in, he it's not really important how fit, how well they fit in there. The lyrics, as long as he gets it in there, yeah. Hmm. I might have to listen again. It feel, it feel <laughs> I mean, it feels like it's got the right number of syllables in there. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I know this record front to back. And I, I took I took notes without <laughs> even listening to it at first, and then went back through and uh, like added stuff to it. Okay. By listening to it. Uh, but I do like the scatting. That's kind of, oh, that's yeah. kind of loose where he's like, he's having a little, not like, I guess he is having fun with it, but yeah, there's a part where he's just, he just starts scatting. Does he scat live? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if he scats on everything though. It makes you wonder if he, he just does it on every song and they just recorded it for this one. <laughs> I do know he, he will just kind of like do some weird stuff. Um, when he's got some spare room in songs sometimes. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have some spare room on his songs. <laughs> uh, uh, w- when it comes to talking about his the way his vocal pattern is, is a lot of these songs are like kind of like talking. You know, mm-hmm. I mean? this isn't necessarily one that's talking, but um, we're about to get to one that's super talking. But um, <laughs> I yeah, this is your favorite uh, primary song. I'm super sure you've seen. Is this like is something you've seen them play live so you can die happy? Oh now? yeah, I've seen them play it a couple okay. of times and they like jam it out um, to like yeah. 11 minutes pretty regularly. Okay. Like they're actually the oh. deluxe version of this album that's on uh, Spotify has an 11 minute live version on it. That rules. Man, I should check that out. I yeah. I, check that out. So they did a 2013 like remix uh, deluxe edition. And man, I yeah. hate the mix on the 2013 version. Why is that? 
it just doesn't sound very good. Or maybe it's just because I've listened <laughs> to this album so much that it's like, if it doesn't sound a certain way, I don't like it. But they... Um, so it doesn't sound the way you love it. Is maybe that's saying? what it is. I don't know. But it's like they punched everything up a little bit. And then mm-hmm. um, I think they tried to take some of like the reverb out. Mm-hmm. Um, but in doing so, they made a lot of the other stuff clear. So you start to realize like how much echo Les Claypool has on his voice on a lot of the okay. songs. So it's like, I don't know, you hear like a lot of like vocal doubling and then the, the mix is all like way more forward. So it's like it doesn't nothing really sounds cohesive. It sounds like a separate bass thing, a separate drum thing and a separate guitar thing instead of like everything meshed. Are there artists that you like that they do something and you're like, fuck, I wish they didn't have that inclination? Uh, Like what? Like, for example, I'm going to go with Arcade Fire. Like, I was like, man, Win Butler seems really getting into this uh, electronic weird shit that, and I really hope he doesn't do that next time. And he did. Ah. <laughs> you, know, like, like, you know, like, like when you hear artists going a certain way, and you're like, I don't dislike it yet, but I can see myself disliking it if it keeps going this way. Mm-hmm. Um... Is there anything like Primus has done that way for you? Uh, Primus, they did. It's not even something like so much that they as a band did, but at some yeah. point, Les Claypool got an envelope filter for his bass, and it showed up <laughs> at like one point on every album, like on all of his solo stuff, and he'd like fuck mm-hmm. around with it live, and just like at a certain point, it's like I'm so fucking tired of hearing this envelope <laughs> filter, like. We talked about the um, the Willy Wonka album, the Primus did, mm-hmm. um, and I was thinking to myself like like I'm sure that when they were teasing it, he would, the the Primus themselves were probably really excited about it, and I'm sure you were like I'd kind of like a record full of new music. Yeah, I it was one of those like uh, it's hard to describe, but it was like it was kind of just like obvious, I guess. Like when they came out and were like. I, I felt the same way about it as like when Tim Burton was like, I'm making Alice in Wonderland. And you're like, yeah, because <laughs> fucking of course you are. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like so obvious that it's like I immediately hated it. Oh, yeah. And so do you think you'll ever soften on that on that uh, on that album? I don't know if I'll ever get to that? liking it. Um, OK, that's fair. And maybe I'll get to liking it, but I don't know if it, it's never going to be better than anything else they've done. You know, what gives me the warm fuzzies. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. Yes. And Jerry Wizard's <laughs> Car Driver. Uh, the next song on this record. So, um, man, like, so I had this N64 version. And uh-huh. I had the N64 <laughs> version had where they had like most of the song, but not all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause audio takes up a lot of room. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think the PlayStation version had it, all the songs on there, mm-hmm. like all of it. But this song has like a a, a a part I've never heard because because of the in season four version we had this basically this the guitar solo part and like the 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 fucking like the rock out part of it you know what I mean like um yeah the uh the end I'll listen there's an N sixty four version of uh, Ace of Spades I think from Tony Hawk Pro Skater three it's so <laughs> bad like they just uh, it all the only thing it says is and don't forget the Joker. Those are the only lyrics. <laughs> I'll have to send it to you. But yeah, uh, if you're listening to this, you should look up N64 uh, Ace of Spades because it's ridiculous. 
Yeah, and that's really when I started to feel like, oh, the N64 is not the king of consoles right now because it can't hold full songs. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, yeah, but I, Jerry was a short driver. If you haven't played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, you're you're missing out like uh, as a as a person and um and uh also all the great music on there oh yeah but this is yeah, this, this is probably primus's most famous song probably because, because of, of tony hawk pro skater one but it also was like the single off of this album said a video on mtv so I, I i read a little bit about this song let's clip what i have to say about it um he says that jerry or is there sure it's a composite of three characters mm-hmm. right one being Jerry, just like a guy he knew in high school who had a kind of shitty car, but it was kind of cool. Uh, and then his his stepdad, or his, his step-granddad, mm-hmm. who was a fireman, Captain Pearson, to talk about this one. And then, I don't know, it's just... Yeah, so that's what it is. But this song, to me, is... <laughs> so, <laughs> I want to mention something real quick. because I, I So, in the bridge, he says, Dog will hunt. Yep. Right? He's really messing up by saying, not going, dog will hunt, woof, like that. Like, <laughs> he's not barking. He should be doing that. Well, I'm but, pretty sure that's from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, the second one? Okay, because I just watched the first one recently. I don't remember anything about dog, but dog will hunt from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? I think so. It, yeah, because it's, it's a sample from something. Okay. Should I, should I watch the second one? I've just heard it's... It has its fans. It it changes its tone a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So it's almost like a horror comedy weird thing. I've never seen it, but I really want to. Because the first one's legit terrifying. Like, yeah, to me, it's it's a scary movie. Uh, I, I you know I watched it with a, a you know an eye that was not that I was pretty clean. I knew all the other ones, but not this original one. And the original one showed up on Shutter. And I had to watch it, and it's legit terrifying compared compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. It's just so atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, this track is the introduction of the famous uh, rainbow bass. It is his okay. six string fretless bass that would basically be show up on every album in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think this was the first song he wrote on it where he's like, I'm going to try, you know, doing some cool little tapping thing on this big ass new hard. bass I got. Uh, yeah. For the longest, I didn't know what, what, what I was hearing. I was like, man, that's a weird guitar player. He's doing something weird with it. And then, um, you know, getting into it, you know, a couple years later, mm-hmm. it was like, that's a bass player for Primus. He has this weird fretless bass. And it, it, actually, I learned that from uh, a band. Te- I didn't t- take band, but I uh, had band teachers say to Kid in Passing. I was like, interesting. Yeah. And he doesn't but, he doesn't use this bass on every track. He uses a pretty normal bass, one that has like a whammy bar on it, four string with frets for uh, most of the album. But you can definitely okay. tell when he's using the fretless one. It has a very distinct sound do you call it rainbow because is it rainbow colored uh it has uh stripes of like okay. different wood it's made of like eight different woods i'll send you a picture okay. at some point but it, like the official name of it is the rainbow base when you see him why does he use like a several different bases like throughout mm-hmm. the yeah the show okay i think he's retired the base that he used on this album the four string one because he made his own and that's what he's been using mm. i wonder if he'll sort of sell that you know, you, you, you would go to like Christie's auction house or something. Like that. I doubt it. Or, okay. I, I saw this video. Um, Music wins is the name of the page, a YouTube video mm-hmm. of this, this, this nerdy. I mean, I call him a nerd, but I've seen that. I've seen his stuff. I'm not a fan of uh, him, so, his like personality, but he does talk about yeah. interesting things. 
Yeah, he got to play Eric Clapton. I don't really give a fuck about Eric Clapton, but he got he he flew across the country to play Eric Clapton, Clapton's guitar. Like this, play, these people called him up and said, "Hey, do you want to play the Eric Clapton's guitar before we sell it?" Damn, it was a Stratocaster. Yeah, I don't like him as much as a person either, but he does talk about interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway, Jersey Jersey Shore Driver. All right. So speaking um, of loose uh, vocal delivery. This this one has the line where he says one too many cold bars one night. Yes, yes, I was about to talk about that. But he, he does it is beers. It's supposed to be yeah. beers, but he said it so weird that it's like debated often now what he was talking about. <laughs> like I, I found a whole little like thing that's like people debate what he was saying, and it's like he was just saying beers weird. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Like, like uh, I heard him like I wrote that down. In fact, his nose like did he just say bars instead of beers? Mm-hmm. Like, I want two minical bars one night. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good impression. I like that. Uh, oh, I love the heavy yeah, part because it's the, most of the bass on it is just him smacking open strings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and the, this, this, there, like, there's also a pretty heavy part to this, like. It, like you don't hear in the N sixty four version, mm-hmm. but like it gets heavy, and which is great. I'm all about the heaviness and and this and there's a few songs that get like heavier than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Well, know, they've where, got they've got the metal pedigree. Like Larry Lalonde, the guitar player, was in the band that invented death metal, and oh yeah, the uh, Les Claypool was his band before this was, I believe, called Blind. I think it's Blind Illusion. Which is kind of not a great thrash metal album, but it's like he has a he has a whole uh, metal album under his belt. Okay, yeah, I mean I like this, <laughs> and it's, and Jerry was a research driver, twenty two years old, and he died. Yep. After one to after one to go many buyers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and then um, we'll move on to eleven. Um, they really fucked up by by uh, not not waiting for this to be eleventh track. By the way. But what is the 11th track? Is it those damn blue collar tweakers? I think it is. They should, I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, this song is an 11 8 time and it is super weird and super. Uh, the vocal pattern is either win 11 8 time or it's super loose, honestly. Because mm-hmm. uh, this song is the only song I had trouble uh, listening to. Again, it's not hard, it's just, it's just that like. I they're having fun as a musician and maybe not so much for the listener. See, I, I like this song, but I think the like off kilterness of everything gives it this quality of like spinning. Like, uh-huh. if, yeah, there we go. That's perfect. If there was a song that sounded like the room was spinning, it would be this song. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 you know, I have vertigo every now and then mm-hmm. and it's a very unpleasant feeling. I didn't get sick feeling in this song, but I could see I could see how someone could. <laughs> it's gonna um, kick off your vertigo. Yeah, but it it's a cool song, and I get like, and there is a something to be said about the feeling it's giving you the theme of the song, like social isolation and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's something you said about incorporating that into the music, but this is easily my least favorite song on the record. I think it's an underrated track, but I would say this is probably <laughs> most people's least favorite song on here. Okay. 
Um, and not that I, you know, I don't want to make it seem like I, I only like songs that I can bang my head to or nod my head to. But I wish I could have done that with this. I, I <laughs> you just got to start. You just got to build up your progressive rock uh, vocabulary. Oh, where you okay, where you right. just start nodding your head in like thirteen four time or something. <laughs> um, I also uh, one little bit at the end of this because it's kind of playing mm-hmm. the same riff throughout most of the song. Um, yeah, although it does open on like a drum solo, which I think is cool. You really, yeah. I, this I was really trying to like like get like understand this time signature at that beginning because mm-hmm. i knew something weird was coming yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's i just love this little like drum pattern he's playing it's really cool but near the end the like i don't know if like the mix shifts or less claypool starts playing a little bit more quietly but the guitar like slides into focus still playing the same riff mm-hmm. um but it's just like this very you realize just how like kind of like crunchy it is as like the bass moves in the background and it's it's really heavy i really like it i yeah yeah, and that's when it comes to that. That's the part I like to it's sort of where Wes is like, I'll, I'll let Larry go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Eleven is a weird song. I would say it's definitely worth hearing, but uh, I, I wouldn't start it with it if you haven't heard Primus before. Mm-hmm. It also has yeah. the problem of being sandwiched between Jerry was a race car driver, which is one of the best tracks on the album, and is it luck, which is also a certified banger. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love what is it luck? What is it luck is the shit. And also <laughs> probably has the weirdest baseline on the album. Yeah. Uh, it's it. part of the, I did love is it like, I don't know if it's because after I heard after 11, like, <laughs> like I was like, you know, I was like able to, to do it, but like, um, it, it this is, if I, I don't again, I'm not like a huge Primus guy, but this seems like the the um, lyrics are very Primus. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, but so the baseline. Mm-hmm. You're a My Bloody Valentine fan. Sure, I am. Yeah, absolutely. You know what glider playing is, right? <laughs> Where he's yeah. holding the whammy bar while he plays. Yeah, that's what yeah, he's yeah. doing here on the bass. He's holding the whammy bar while he's playing this little thing, which is why it gives it that like. I, it sounds like somebody's like whipping a spring around or something. Oh, that's why I'm hearing. Okay. It's, it's, mm. it's just, it makes it sound more complicated than I think it is because he's like, yeah. you know, he's basically doing like what a, like a whammy pedal would do. Uh, so it's just yeah. kind of whipping all over the place. It just sounds insane. Then I, I wonder if it, like, cause me, that seems like it'd be kind of hard to, Hard to do for each time you play it because I, I don't know. Like a way barred me is I, I have one and never use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I think it's but, different uh, on guitar with because you're going uh, like perpendicular or you're going up and down on the strings, yeah. which like is the not the direction the whammy bar goes when you need it to do something. Yeah. But when you're slapping, you're oh. going to be you're going to be hitting it because you you approach the strings in the same direction the whammy bar would go. Good point. Okay. Uh, you've seen this slide too, right? I don't think I've seen this one live in person, but I, I've seen them. You've like, heard it. Like, okay. High school, after I bought this album, I literally listened mm-hmm. to nothing else but Primus and Primus related things. I watched <laughs> concerts over and over again. I listened to these albums over and over again, like for years. 
You so you're a super fan? Oh yeah, like this this was it. Like <laughs> people go, like, oh, what kind of music? Like, oh, Primus, generally. Yep. <laughs> like, was, I would not okay. shut up about it. All right. Um, I, I this song is it's funny, you know. Like uh, my song since she was always matched. Is it luck? Yeah. It it um, reminded me. This is the thought that came to my head for the first time. Was like, are these things luck? And it kind of reminded me <laughs> of. Um, ironic who does that song it's Atlantis Morissette yeah good job where it's like <laughs> she's naming a bunch of things that like she says they're ironic but uh, upon further That's inspection they're not ironic is yeah. like are these things lucky maybe maybe some I, of them yeah yeah uh, you know Paul Esther makes you sweat is it luck um, if a graham cracker it- gets you off the genius thing said that uh, graham crackers yeah. were invented to like stop masturbation or something which but but they weren't for sure May I thought that was cornflakes. Same guy. That dude had some ideas. Okay. Um, my thought, I like, my thought I, I on like that lyric, I do too. My <laughs> thought on that lyric is it's just something so simple that like satisfies you. Like that's a lucky thing. Like all you need is a graham cracker. That's true. Um, I think my favorite part of this though is the interlude. The little like story he tells. Yeah, yeah, about the girl he met who wanted to fuck him, but he just wanted to show how smart he was. Yeah, I read off the uh, dictionary, yeah. but she and, wasn't impressed. But, she wasn't but, impressed at all. Yeah, no, but no, she, no, but no, he, no, 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 no. <laughs> can you, can you, can you uh, recite this along perfectly? I don't even think he can recite it along perfectly. <laughs> Until I was reading the lyrics this time, I was like, I didn't know what that little bit was where he's talking about like being like loquacious and stuff because it's like. Yeah. Ooh, he he does a lot of words. I don't think his lips move that fast. Yeah, I I listen to this. I'm like, there's no way I'd be able to sing along with any of this. Like, especially the interlude. Like, he's talking a lot and fast. <laughs> yeah, and fast. There's a lot of that talk, talking fast in this. Again, like he's looking always talk about Tommy the Cat. Mm-hmm. But um, it, the the story he tells. Do you want to get lucky, little boy? <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I'm gonna think that at that point he did get lucky. He might have. Yeah. Is it luck? Is it luck? Is yeah. it luck? Uh, this song also has a really weird guitar solo, which I really like. Yeah. I, I, I if I'm more thinking about this, this is probably my favorite song of the record. My second favorite song of the record. It's it's good. I, this one used to be like this one kind of like moves around. Like I feel like every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah, that's a fucking good song. <laughs> uh, and then we uh, get listen. to little interlude track, which. Grandpa's little ditty or granddad's little ditty. Granddad's little ditty, which I will say just kind of for Primus as a whole, they've got a real problem with uh, interlude filler tracks. This this album has three. Yeah, if you count the first one, I, I'm not counting Seize the Cheese, but I'm counting um, uh, Los, the last song, the outro. OK, OK. Cause it's like, there's so much going on in that track. Like it just feels like a filler track. And they've also got yeah. an intro and outro problem where it's like, guys, stop. You don't need to pad this out. It's fine. Why is, why is grandma's little D in this? Cause it's, grandma's little D. it's funny. I, I, it's creepy to me, <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> but you do need, um, you probably need like a little break in between. Is it luck and Tommy the cat? Good point. You do need to break it up. Cause this is a Tommy the cat. Man, I love this song. I love well, Tommy We got to talk about Granddad's Little Ditty. Uh, okay, fine, fine. fine. <laughs> this person singing in the shower, thinking about maybe they jerk it too much. 
and then them farting and that fart reminded them of someone else. And that's it. Who do you remind them of? You. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Pull the pud. Like pulling the pud is such an old, like old guy term. Oh yeah. For masturbating. It's, it's like, unless Claypool loves to use it. He used it. The, the term. Yeah. He used it on a puzzle fry on a uh, track spaghetti. Western. We talked about Frizzle Fry, I think, on the show. We did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pull the pun. Okay. Um, and <laughs> what? farting. I mean, singing out for such. Even though it's, you know, a little pitch shifted, has a pretty good vocal performance on it. I guess. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, so it makes, it makes me wonder, like, uh, this is uh, the second, the other time he used flattest in, the, in this uh, quote unquote song, right? Mm. So that that's why I fa- that's why I was able to figure out who Flattest was through this song. Oh, yep, this was the song that I was like, I should probably look up what that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I figured I do use context clues. I, by the way, I was doing while you know while I was working at Macaco Flattest on my work computer. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not a bad word. I mean, I, yeah, it's not a bad word, but it's a weird word. And I, I think it's I it is I think it's like jism. You know, like like jism's like mm-hmm. its actual term for it. But jizz is the like the dirty part of it, right? But so I think flattest is kind of like like jism. Yeah, you like just don't want to be looking up flattest yeah. on your yeah, yeah. <laughs> your work computer. <laughs> All right, we can move on to Tommy the Cat. Tom Waits is in the song, guys. Yep, right away. I fucking love Tom Waits as a person. Like his music's okay, but like I, him as he, a man, he does some great music sometimes. Yeah, like, I I like his music quite a bit, but but like uh, I remember him also in um. I think, uh, God, what's that movie? Uh, Coffee and cigarettes at Jim Jarmusch film, mm-hmm. where he's talking. He meets up, I think, with Iggy Pop, and they and they try to hang out, and it just doesn't work out. <laughs> he was in uh, Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Yeah, that that's that um, movie, the, the last movie that he legend did, right? Mm-hmm. Which he didn't even get the chance to finish. Did, wait, who directed that? Was it Terry Gilliam? Uh-huh. Gilliam film? Yeah. Okay, I thought so because. There, there, there's something I, like <laughs> I knew that you knew that song. Like you knew that movie. I mean, is it a good movie though? Like I like it. Yeah, and they they did some interesting stuff where like he died before he was able to finish the film. So like a bunch of his mm-hmm. actor friends went in and like finished his parts for him, and then took all the payment and donated it to his family. How did they like so like like what kind of actors did it like was it was I heard that I think it was Johnny Depp was Jude it? Law Johnny Depp um and maybe one more person but I can't remember who okay all right yeah it, um basically they kind of rewrote the script to make it so it's like he was appearing as like you know different people and he was played by okay. different people so it was interesting okay uh, the the Heath Ledger's uh, performance in it. Was probably overshadowed by his death, so this, maybe the movie didn't get a fair shake. Maybe yeah, I'm surprised more people didn't see it. Is the thing okay? Is like it's. I feel like nobody saw a, it. It's a weird. It's a weird. It's a weird movie. It is. Tom Waits so, in there is yeah. in there as the devil. <laughs> of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. So, uh, sailing the seas. Is, or, sorry, Tommy the cat. Right. Tom Waits uh, is in this as a tomcat. Uh, yeah, and he's he's getting his fuck on. Yeah. Um I I this is a, another story like song to me. Mm-hmm. Like like more of a story than a song itself. But it does have some of the wildest bass playing 
in this song. This, I think, is I think most people have agreed that this is uh, the hardest, like less Claypool baseline to play. Okay, like also because like every time you hear it recorded, it's played on a different bass. So it's like the original version was played on a four string. This version's yeah. played on the rainbow bass. There's a live version of it that's played on like a, he has like a Fender P bass for some reason. <laughs> and it's like, they all sound different. He plays each version like a little differently. Like I think he, you can just kind of hear him over the years, slight getting slightly better at playing it. Yeah. Um, I, I love this song. Um, it's my favorite song on the record. It's a good favorite. This is the second yeah. single on here on this as well. It has a great music video. And Tom Waits is in it, right? He's got to be. He's not. Mm, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Who's doing Is it animated at all? It has some animation in it. I think okay. uh, Les Claypool's grandpa is playing to- the role of Tommy the Cat. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so Tommy the Cat, uh, Tom the Tom the cat's Tom cat. He's gone around places. He's, he's been around. He's painting the town, not red, but we know he's been around. <laughs> he's, he's looking for, uh, he's looking for love. You know, he's looking for, uh, for, uh, uh a sweet thing to, to have his, to have his way with, I guess. It, he, he's just a badass cat, right? Mm-hmm. Tom the cat's like tough guy, right? Giga Chad. Anna. <laughs> he's Chad. <laughs> I haven't heard that. I haven't used that. I seriously, I don't think I'm the only person who doesn't use that term, <laughs> Chad. But yeah, but he found a girl who was looking for what she wanted, the stud bull, like you said earlier, the he cat, the he, the he cat, yeah. And that was that was Tommy, and he says under the, say baby, do you want to lay down with me? So um, <laughs> the it it sounds kind of, and if I didn't know Primus better, it would be like like a seventies, like, like dirty ass song, but it's, I don't get that from this song at all. Mm-mm. No, it's it, to me, it's really about a cat. Pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. Well, it's more about like the character of, yeah. which is, I think what the point was is like Les Claypool, when he was writing this, like he really liked the phrase, say, baby, do you want to lay down with me? But he's like, I don't write songs like that. So he's like, I got to try to squeeze this into a song somehow. And I think you figured it out. Uh, but it's got a sick ass bass solo. Do you have the live? You have the live version, nineteen eighty nine, on the, the suck on this live. I do, yeah. Oh, and and that's where he plays it on the four string. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's cool. Uh, the song is my favorite on that, and I'm so glad you showed it to me because I'll be listening to this by itself a lot. I'll have to, I'll have to send you the video. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The bass playing is ridiculous. You really get um, what the, you know, the big rainbow bass adds to it, like during the bass solo, Mm -hmm. because he's, you know, doing all this like sliding and like deep notes. And it's just, it's cool. (laughs) And uh, the thing about the bass solo is when they play it live, they change what he plays. So it's like, he's done that bit for, for a while. He used to like turn it into another song. Mm-hmm. Um, called the few times I've seen it, he turned it into a song called like the awakening, which is yeah. like a, I can't remember who does it. One of the, the Redding guy, I think Otis Redding did a, mm-hmm. the, there's a little like bass solo thing. And so he would turn it okay. into that and then they'd go back into Tommy, the cat. And 
Yeah, it's been a bunch of different things over the years, and I think it's interesting that they keep kind of trying to figure out what to do with that solo. It's a cool part. Um, which brings us into another filler track. Yeah, it's weird that Tommy the Cat is just like sandwiched in filler tracks. Um, yeah. But Sathington Waltz, it's like, basically like just Millie's a bunch movie. of extra percussion and banjo and mandolin and some like weird kind of like screechy horn thing. Do you think it fits in this record? I Yeah, it's kind of like just like another weird interlude, which I I like it. it and it's short enough that I don't ever really skip it. It's got mm-hmm. a weird, okay. weird atmosphere to it. I like it. I think, it's only I like think they mid- do a pretty good job with their filler tracks overall. Okay. Uh, I mean, is there other records? I have a few records that have like quite a few filler tracks mm-hmm. that I love. Like for the, there's a Jeff Lewis record called Turn the Dream Songs. He has like three or four filler tracks. And um, I, I'm not sure they add on to it. And I'm not sure they fit into the thing but i feel like it's something that he wrote he thought it was cool and i want to stick it on the record somehow right so there's aster you know this one there's Zennington um, waltz feels like they had a bunch of their friends in the studio and they just like recorded a little thing like they're like we need a filler track let's just we'll go do something and i think that's what happened it's a weird it's a weird track yeah <laughs> um that brings us into those damn blue colored trucker or tweakers. tweakers tweakers uh and uh it, that song's about speed <laughs> like, and the people like, who do it and how they're yeah, the, kind of like the people who keep the town or that area alive. Yeah. It makes you wonder like, 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 it makes you, so yeah, it's a, it's about, um, you know, uh, about truckers and construction workers and, and, um, and, uh, union boys mm-hmm. and, uh, and all the blue collar workers, that do speed because without them, there'd be no town. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, that's, it opens with this like wah guitar thing, mm-hmm. which sounds cool, but they never seem to play it right live. So I don't know. Right. I don't know it, what they did on the album. That's different, but they've changed it somehow for the live version. And it always bugs me. <laughs> Luckily, it's not like a huge part of the song, but it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't, it feels like they switched the direction that like the wah is happening, mm-hmm. and like when the bass and stuff comes in, so it sounds like it's off time or some. I don't know. I can, and, and that and then that's only live. Yeah, it's it's fine yeah, on so, the album version. Do you think maybe if you had that on the album version, that you would you would dislike the live version that they switch around the only because you know it from this record like like the yeah, way that I mean if they if they change it it would be fine it's just that it is changed when they play it live and it bugs me okay <laughs> okay it's like when a right. band plays something like slightly too slow well honestly mm-hmm. if you go and listen to the suck on this Tommy the cat version it's like slightly slower and it'll bug mm-hmm. you I promise <laughs> <laughs> it's still a good version of it you listen to it and you're like oh that's <laughs> so slow. Okay. Uh, there's a version of Carl Valdez, uh, Fire Angel. When they, they, you know, they didn't do anything for six years and they come back and they play a show on the radio mm-hmm. and they take the distortion out. They said the distortion out of the, the chorus part. And I, I'm, I don't know why they did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause there's distortion on other songs like easy. Oh like, yeah. I hear it there. 
But uh, I asked on the board why those happen. And the base player's like, you'll have to ask Jeff for a more um, concise answer why he chose not to use the short in the course. But I think it has something to do with dynamics. And I was like, okay, that's the end. That's not a good answer. I'm not going to question anymore, though. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what. Yeah, these damn blue collar tweakers. Not my least favorite song on the record. It's it's cool. I like the I like the concept of this. Song. Mm. This is one of those like Primus classics. Like it'll probably show up at every Primus concert you go to, and the fans go nuts for it. Uh, you want to see that goes nuts for it? Yeah, but, I like but, hearing it. I think it's good. They yeah. they they'll extend it out, and it it rocks pretty hard. You get the everybody's kind of bouncing around as the chorus is going. Um, I do like the version. There's a Woodstock from 1994 where uh, the bass and guitar like solo part. Uh, mm-hmm. He plays the national anthem in the like Jimi Hendrix style. That's pretty cool on the bass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty boring. Yeah. That one was pretty cool. Um, but I like the song. It's just, it's like a classic Primus song. I also think it was like the third single from this album. If I'm not mistaken, there's no video or anything for it. Okay. Well, you know, tweakers, blue collar tweakers. Yep. Those you, damn. You don't hear a whole bunch of songs. You don't hear a whole bunch of songs about that. Mm-hmm. But Primus has a few songs I, about smoking meth. Do you think that Wes Claypool smoked one meth? I don't know if point? he's ever tried it. He may have once or twice, but it's like I know he kind of grew up in like a small rural-ish area up in Northern California. So he's around it. Like a lot of this is like based on true experiences. I want to know if Fish On. It's based on tricks, man. I mean, he's naming people. <laughs> he's now talking about, talking about Larry. Yep. He's talking about some about uh, Todd Huth. Yep. Who I'll I'll let you know who Todd Huth is. Uh, he's the original Primus guitar player. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it makes you think they're still cool with, with each other. I, yeah. They, I mean, they have a band. They formed a band in '93 or '94. They released an album uh, under the name Sausage which is the original lineup of Primus basically doing an album where it's like, you know, alternate reality. This is what Primus would sound like. Okay. Including right, cool. playing an original version of a Primus song that had changed. Okay. <laughs> it's cool. But yeah, so this is yeah. chapter two of the Fisherman Chronicles. Uh, the first one was John the Fisherman. The one after this is Old Diamondback Sturgeon. Then it ends on The Last Salmon Men. It took them like years to finish this Fisherman Chronicles. Is is it? Do do you think they would release a a package just all the Fisherman songs together? Yeah, probably. I bet that if they did a record store day thing for it, I bet that's what I would say. They would do that for record store day. I bet you'd be all about getting it too. Yeah, I mean, I've considered. (laughs) I I missed it because I didn't go to the record store day, but they did a rush one. Um, where it's like the last track on Farewell to Kings is, uh, you know, like Cygnus part one. And then the first track on Hemispheres is Cygnus part two. And they did a, a 12 inch that was like one side was that. And the other side was, so it was like, you know, just two tracks, but it had the full story, I guess. Okay. It was interesting, (laughs) but if they did that for Primus, I'd, I'd probably get it. Okay. I like this song. It's it's silly, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also kind of talky uh, in the way that only Les Claypool can talk. Yeah, he's just telling my... a couple stories about fishing. Yeah. He's like, oh, hanging out with Larry Lalonde, and we went. And, 
And it looks like he's hanging out with his dad at one yep. point. Yep, and Daryl. <laughs> He caught a, a, what, a 100-pound sturgeon on a 20-pound test? He fought that fish for about an hour and a half. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're eating taco-flavored Doritos, which I miss, by the way. I I think they're still kind of around. You got to know where to look for them. Uh, Well, if you find it, well, you're not here, so you can't tell me where to find it. Right. Uh, this but, is the last track on the album that has the, you know, the big rainbow bass. It's got a, it mm-hmm. opens with a pretty nice sounding, uh, bass solo intro thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this song got, uh, more rocky like than I thought it would like it. It didn't get heavy. Yeah. But it, it, get, I definitely, it gets rocky. It gets weird. Yeah. Yeah. It does it never not to get not get yeah. weird. Get weird the guitar's doing the some record. like really weird sounds on it. I love it. I did, yeah, I did, I did like to me. I was like, I was sure that Les was like pushing Larry for the further ahead. Like, hey, hey, do some weird shit here. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do like um, I do like the fish on, and I I do want to hear the I do want to hear I want to make my own. Spotify playlist where it's just the fish songs. I'll I'll do it for yeah. you. I'll send them your way. Cool. In order right. to by chapter. Ooh, in, okay, cool. And I don't want any live versions stuck in there at all. No, of course. Don't not. do that to me. They they okay. don't really do live albums. They've got like live tracks on albums, like as bonus content. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, they haven't really done too many like live albums. That's good, right? Yeah, I don't I don't yeah, super yeah. dig live albums. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because if they did, if they did do a live album, might be on that live album record, that live album show we did. Mm-hmm. That, that. I would honestly, I just prefer bands would do like live DVDs or like live oh, yeah. Blu-rays or something because it's like I prefer to watch it than just to straight up listen to it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but let's close this out. The outro track, Los Bastardos, which I thought maybe Los Bichos maybe got their name from. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I think Los Bichos got their name because Bicho in Spanish, B-I-C-H-O, is Spanish for like bug, but more accurately like a beetle type bug. So their name is basically like, uh, like the Beatles. The Beatles. Okay, that makes sense. Sorry. <laughs> okay. And I'm sure Bastardos is just what it sounds like in English. Bastard. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, this yeah, this is a- is add noise to here come the bastards, basically. Mm-hmm. Which and- honestly, it, this is just kind of what Primus does. This is their outro thing. They did it on uh, their first album. They did it on Pork Soda. They did it on Tales from the Punch Bowl. They did it on Antipop, and they did it on Green Nagahide. They just take one of okay. the tracks on the album. And they're like, eh, we'll just kind of play it a little differently, and that'll be here they come. <laughs> yeah. Here they come with some guy yelling, shut up, you bastards and siren sounds. And these guys are freaks, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm just trying to, I'm just sort of trying to picture young Ryan ending it on this song. And what you thought of Prime is the first time you heard this record. Oh, it blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this wasn't even like a, this needs to grow on me thing. This was, like, yeah, yeah. I found my, this thing. was like enlightening. Where I was just okay. like, holy shit. And then I right, bought man. every Primus album on CD, and now I have every Primus album on vinyl, except the uh, Chocolate Factory one. Did you, um, um, did you, did, were they already issued or did you have to find them? 
uh, the Primus records. Yeah. I had to find like half of them and then they did a big repressing thing recently and I had to like, oh, okay. do I get the nice repressing or do I just keep my used copies and I might need to do the nice pressings on a couple of them because I've got my frizzle fries uh, get stuck in a groove on uh, uh, spaghetti western. Um, better than that, I think everything's don't you, good. Don't you fucking hate that when you put a record on you haven't listened in a while? You're like, oh no, it's fucked up. Yep. It it breaks your heart, man. Um, big. I mean, it's happened to me a few times, and I'm just like, God damn. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's like I could put this on. So put a, you know, I goes to it on my phone, but I, I was really digging vinyl version mm-hmm. of it today. Uh, all right. Well, that's a uh, that's Ryan's life changing record. Um, Sailing the Primus, seas. Cheese. Yeah, and you can find it everywhere you find music. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to talk about NoFX for a second. Do it. Lay it on me. NoFX no has started in 1983. The first record is only in 1987. Um, called Uber uh, Animation, a piece of shit record. Um, their first two records are... The first three records are pretty bad. Like, they're they're no good. Are like, they just, like, s- played poorly or badly recorded? Played poorly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't shit on bands for shit recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the recording is pretty horrible. Uh, Fat Mike, his voice is super flat, and in even a little bit in this record, but mostly Little Animation, SNR lines, and uh, ribbed, right? Which is um, uh, it's a record that just gonna say giant condom, uh-huh. <laughs> and it has like the first, I guess, hit of theirs called uh, Warren Brothers. I'm sure you've heard Warren Brothers. Maybe I've like Brothers. barely heard No Effects besides what you've played on here. Okay, so this song called Warren Brothers. The, basically, these people who are just assholes. They, you know, there's a, they piss in your ice trays and put them back in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's and for a while, I had friends saying, "Hey, you, Chris, Matt, you guys should put this on your answer machine because <laughs> 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 we're we're twins." We're, you know, I, I didn't take it. I, I was like, "No, fuck you." But um, no, um, <laughs> so uh, but no effects. Uh, Fat Mike, Eric Melvin, uh, uh. That Mike Eric Melvin Smelly the drummer, or he's also called Eric, uh, and then there's uh, El Jefe. This is the second rec- uh, record that El Jefe shows up on, and um, this record's released in 1994. No effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a classic in punk canon. Yeah, or pop I've, punk I've canon. always been like aware of this album. I just never listened to No Effects for some reason. You'll hear people talk about this record uh, as like their awakening to punk. Mm-hmm. And it was mine, Awakening Punk. Not the first punk record I had, but the first like one that I broke out of this Christian bubble mm-hmm. of like MXBX and uh, Fire and Frenzy, a ska band, and no effects. And this this record blew my fucking mind, right? <laughs> um, but uh, and it, 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 I hate the cover. <laughs> I'll say that right away. I don't like the cover of this record. Uh, I don't think it, it's terrible per se. Yeah, it's just. A whole lot of like nothing. Yeah, it's a whole lot of nothing. It doesn't really mean anything. And you know, when you think of punk and drublic, that like at the time it was super cool, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a ironic name for people to think that maybe this band's for like it, they're like a joke band, which to me they're not. Mm-hmm. They have funny songs, but they're not a joke band to me. I feel like uh, at least with the title and stuff, like it really does kind of match in like that '90s thing. 
like where it's like, mm-hmm. it's like kind of funny. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't know. I've, I guess I never thought of them as a, a joke band even before I had heard anything by them. Yeah. But they're, they, they created a sound and there are tons of bands that took this record as an inspiration for their sound. Mm-hmm. The SoCal skate punk scene, no effects, punk and Drublik. Uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about, it, but I want to. I want to get the sampler not out of the way, but I want to play it. Yeah, and I want to get the talking about one of my favorite bands of all time. This is the sampler from NoFX's Punk and Drublik. No effects is punk and drop like 17 tracks. Um, believe me, I had to, I pruned this down from a four minute version <laughs> of the sampler. It's hard when there's that many tracks. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, the song that if you don't know No Effects or you are very ancillary aware of No Effects, you've heard Linoleum at least once. That's like that's like their their I, the song people think No Effects. Mm-hmm. They think the song Linoleum. In fact, in the newest record, they have a song called Linoleum, <laughs> where they tell about they're retiring the song, which is fine. I've seen them play live. I don't need to hear it again. But um, uh, this the first time I heard this record, this was my favorite song ever. <laughs> um, like uh, not just no effects, but um, did you can you hear me? Fine? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, not just no effects, but in general. Um, yeah, well, that's good. Uh, They're hitting you with a favorite song right out of the gate. Yeah, and um, man, it's 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 where they have a there's not really a chorus to it. Um, it's just four voices for four verses to me. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great song and it's two minutes, 11 seconds for a very punk song that, which is kind of like, that's the length of most of the tracks on this album. Yeah. Like yeah. very rarely does uh, it go over two minutes, which I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, and it's basically, it paints the story of fat Mike. Honestly, I think it's just like what he, like what he lives in. Like swallow, mm-hmm. <laughs> like which I, I uh, like. Lino- it seemed like it, like kind of compared, like you know, punk people to like homeless people, basically, where it's just yeah. like I, you're practically homeless. But that's the life they choose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like they wouldn't want to live it other way. I I couldn't live that way. Oh God, no. uh, my wife couldn't. Live, my wife couldn't live that way. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it talks about you know him living in a how he doesn't have much shit except a guitar and a dog who pisses on his floor and how his you know pockets have holes and that all he needs is a linoleum to support his head. Um, <laughs> but it's it's a catchy song, and it 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 can it's in a weird way it's uplifting. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe okay. <laughs> I didn't get that from it. Okay, but I, what are your, do you like this song? I yeah, no, I like this album a lot. It was uh, okay, good. It, it was just like a good, uh, just like pop punk record. Like it's not, yeah. but not so much on like the pop side. I do feel like a lot of pop punk leans too hard on the like the pop part of it. But I feel like this this is definitely a punk. This leans like they called a hardcore record. Like like back in the day, mm-hmm. like which which makes doesn't makes no sense to me. Right in ways this yeah. But uh, but you can hear the snottiness, like I you hear no effects now, you hear no effects then. You can hear how young he is in this. Oh yeah, to, like yeah, and uh, the snottiness and and uh, just the the anger, mm-hmm. I guess. So the um, I, I want to mention that they do uh, give uh, uh, Smelly the drummer credit on this on this record for drums, but he was in rehab when this was album was recorded. Yeah, different drummer the whole thing. Oh, really? While recording this, yeah. Well, he, yeah. I guess he would have written all the drum parts. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, he uh, also uh, on the in the album on the album, uh, you know, like inside the album, mm. we you know bands used to have sponsors. Like they get like free backpacks from Jansport or something. Um, they listed everything they got, and they said, uh, "Thanks to the free shit suckers, we hawk it off for crack." <laughs> <laughs> um, either true, probably not true, or I don't know. Uh, but we can move on to the second track, Leave It Alone. Yeah, it's got like a you know, chunky palm muted riff, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, one of the songs written with uh, Eric Melvin, which there are a few in here. Most songs are my fat mic, though. Mm. Um, 
there's it's weird because they're uh, the this is like their single. If you had to have a single, this would be it. Uh, the ones that uh, the one the only other effect songs I've heard on the radio is Leave It Alone. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and they they played it. They they don't get played on core channel stations. But uh, when I moved here, I heard Waiting Room by Fugazi and no effects on the radio on the alternative rock station. And you were like, all Which, right, I'm home. Yeah, I'm home. <laughs> but, uh, now I have salary radio, so I can hear whatever I want. Right. Um, but, um, but uh, yeah, the, when it only brings you in, and this song is a perfect, like, when it comes to sequencing, I think this record's pretty close to perfect. Um, it, yeah, it's like anytime you're about to be like, you know what, I've had too much, like, uh, like fast punk rock songs. Like, cool. We're gonna slow it down for a second. Yeah, and this this is not but not at all my favorite song on the record, but I think it fits the best. Like, I couldn't think of imagine either song after being after. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I leave it alone a lot. It's catchy. All the songs in here are catchy, and that's that's like the crux of pop punk. Yeah, if it's catchy. It's and I I tend to prefer this style of pop punk where it's like it's punk, but it has like catchy stuff to it. Like I would say Mm -hmm. like no effects. I think, uh, like bad religion started to dabble in it a little bit. Uh, descendants are known as pop punk, but it's like whatever descendants were doing on Milo goes to college, like isn't even like in the wheelhouse of what pop punk sounds like. (laughs) So would you consider, uh, we going to pop punk? Oh yeah. 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 They're probably, I would say they're like the archetype for what, pop punk is is like most bands are doing pop punk stuff or trying to do blink 182 and it turns out that blink 182 were trying to do no effects for this record after they mm-hmm. started yeah so uh, but you know uh, but again this is the height of this is is their only gold record their highest selling record and a lot of people will say uh you know if i'm listening to no effects now they're like come on dude it's not 1994 i'm like well, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, no effects still releasing music. It doesn't need to be 1994. Yeah, yeah. to me they're still releasing vital music. So mm-hmm. like, there's some bands that release records like the Rolling Stones. Are they releasing vital music? Not by a long shot. Not since the 70s. <laughs> Not since the 70s. But yeah, Leave the One's great. Uh, better song after that called Dig, which I I thought sounded a lot like a Bad Religion song. No specific Bad <laughs> Religion song, but just like this kind of sounds like Bad Religion. Yeah, this song is the, the first song I can remember with like because they do this all the like uh, at least three or four times on the record. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll play like a Scott Star part in a song. You know, they'll they'll let their operation inter operation Ivy come out. Right. Had a, and um, I like this, this song. Break. Yeah, I love it. It's a uh, it's it's why I mostly include in the sampler. I, I actually include both parts of the song in the sampler mm-hmm. because I couldn't pick which one I like more. <laughs> um, but I think uh, this track has some like really good like musicianship on it. There's like little drum solos mm-hmm. that happen. Uh, there's that moment oh, yeah. uh, like after they say ruins of mankind where it, like, it sounds like the song kind of like falls apart for a second. Yeah. Like, it's just like really it clever straight. songwriting that you don't normally find on a, like a punk album. I love the, as a machine cuts running on that had that, that deep uh, tom break. So it sounds like a machine that's galloping along, you know, yeah. like, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, throughout this whole song but the, but the, to me that like it makes sense like with the lyrics not that that's a, you know a 
in a, a exceptionally creative thing to do, but it is cool when bands do that. Mm-hmm. You know, when they when they when you talk about the machine keeps turning on, the machine can be anything it wants it wanted to be. Right. In my head it's a giant like it's a giant like truck full of garbage and shit. <laughs> and, um, and that's what it sounds like when you hear it going just a, but uh yeah, Dig is basically it's a song just about about capitalism and how mm-hmm. it's it's bad for everyone. Right. So, um, <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, I agree with it for the most part. Um, because I'm I'm a socialist pig mm. or socialist, <laughs> yeah, not pig, capitalist or pigs. Um, but again, it's not that we're not that show. Nope, I don't think. Not since the politics episode. Oh man, what a great episode! Yeah, maybe if we do a part two, then we can really dive. Yeah, we could do it. a part two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll bring I'll bring that one. I don't have I, I think Agnostic Front would fit into the. I don't like Agnostic Front, but I'm trying to think of bands that are explicitly right wing. I don't think I listen to him. I mean, yeah, I don't think I do either. Toby Keith, maybe? I mean, maybe oh, we'll, I we'll listen. start listening to some uh, like black metal or something. Oh yeah, we uh, we'll run national. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll bring in uh we'll bring in birds <laughs> next time. <Ugh. laughs> uh, uh, the cause. Uh, they slowed now, down a little bit. Yeah, they slowed down a little bit, and uh, this song is really just so the they talk about things that they're doing music for, and they. Say the cause, but really it's just because. Mm-hmm. So they're doing music. There's not really a, a a message. There's no actual cause. If anything, they're poking fun at people that think they have an agenda. Right. You know. But it's. Um, I mean, it's short as hell. It's catchy as hell. That's kind of like this whole album is like all of it's so catchy and sticks in your head. In in the in the uh, the way he's, like the way he's doing like. Is for like it's really snotty mm-hmm. and also kind of like like kind of subversive, which is why I love No Effects. They're like the first band that showed me how subversive you could be with the punk rock, you know? Right. But I like the cost. It's a punk song. It's a minute and thirty eight seconds. That's why you're able to have seventeen songs on this record, not called double album. Yep. <laughs> um, you just make them all really short. Yeah, yeah. I I do have this on vinyl. Along with most of the records, I even have like, like, uh, so back in 2012, 2012, mm-hmm. 2011, uh, there was a, I went to, um, I went to Fred Young in uh, Arlington, Texas, which is a giant record store. And on the wall, they had a box set of all no effects records, Damn. except the ones that they've released three since they came out, but it was $300. Oof. And I went in there one day. And I, I'd come up, I think I just said my tax return, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I went there, I, I didn't go, I didn't, I didn't um, into go in intending to buy it. But I stood, cause I, but I looked at it every time I walked in, right, in the box set. And so I stepped in and I walked to the front, I'm like, can I get a look at that, that NoFX box over there? And they handed it to me. I turned around, I go, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, oh, we've had it forever, I'm glad you're buying it. <laughs> and um, yeah, and uh, I swiped my card, and I, I audibly went, ugh. Right. Like that. <laughs> but Both it's, uh, in it's pleasure great. and in pain to your wallet. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, after that, I took it home, and I listened to uh, all of it, like, over the span of a couple of days. And I'm, I'm very pleased with my purchase, I'd like to say. Uh, and it's probably cheaper than buying them all separately anyway. Yeah, and it comes to... It's weird, because uh, they have... Um, 
So the, the for example, they have a record called Coaster, but if you buy it on the aisle form, it's called Frisbee. <laughs> um, they have a they have a song called um they have a record called uh, Heavy Petting Zoo, mm-hmm. and on the front of it, it's just like this guy cuddling a uh, a a sheep. Looks like he's trying to finger it. Um, but the record version shows him sixty nine sheep. Oh jeez, I think that's the other No Effects album we did, right? I know we did um, so long and thanks for all the shoes. Okay, that's right. Which is called so long and thanks for all the shoes, even with the um, even with the uh, with the uh, version mm. of that. But uh, yeah, they they, do, they also have slightly different versions of songs, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's great. Uh, but yeah, uh, anyway, <sighs> let's get let's get back on with the with the the cause. The cause is a great song. There's just two music. For the cause or because. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't Call Me White, which is the first song on here. Uh, the, one of the few songs that I think can be misconstrued as sort of racist. Yeah, you know? I think so. Like, it's it, it like kind of aged poorly, but not awful is like, I think. Yeah. People could like look at it and be like, oh, they're trying, you know, like. They're uh, they're just like they're being weird. Like if you just look at it on the surface, it's kind of like yeah. they're being like uh reverse racism. But it's really yeah. like uh, I don't associate with all the shitty white people. Like don't yeah, don't yeah. do not associate me with them because they they yeah. suck. Yeah, uh, it's have you heard um my threats guilty of being white. Mm-hmm. Um, also not aged well, right? <laughs> but uh, but uh, again. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to talk about that just for a second and we'll go back to the, the call me white, but, but he, uh, Ian McKay, remember going overseas and meeting some nationalist people who thought that like, they're like guilty being white was a song that was racist. So I was like, no, 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 no. Like my band is completely against all that. Um, but it hasn't aged well. Mm-hmm. I don't think like to me, that's, that's the song that I'd be, I have to explain to my wife. I'm listening to the car. They're not, this is why it would, this is a context, which is bad. I shouldn't have to do that, but I do. Right. And it like, it's but, hard, especially like, uh, when, you know, people are misconstruing what's being said as like, you know, pro racism. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, this song is basically about, in fact, Mike is, he considers himself ethnically Jewish. So he's saying he's not even really white. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, this song is basically like I don't I don't want to be part of the 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 white people that are bad white people I guess right. like <laughs> yeah so um yeah don't call it's it's a, it's a pretty well known song and a lot of people love this song and uh, I'm sure that a a a minority of people love the song because it sounds kind of racist right <laughs> so, yeah. but it's a cool song it's it sounds good it's punk rock. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it sonically fits in with the rest of the album. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, the what makes it even weirder to me is that it's been co- it was covered by Rancid. Uh huh. An awful fucking cover, awful cover, fucking awful. And honestly, no effects. They did a record where they they cover each other's songs. So they took four songs. Then no ran, no effects of Rancid. Rancid covered no effects. Mm-hmm. And all the all the no effects version Rancid songs so much better. And about. Uh, most of the Ransom covers, no fix songs, fucking garbage. <laughs> awful, awful music. Like, like I told you, the only zone really one Ransom record I like, and that's Ransom 2000. Right. I can't believe 
We talked about that on the show before. We have not. No, I think we're we we're kind of like playing chicken with that one. We're waiting for something to match up with it that doesn't fit for something else that then we both won't pick it. Wait, do you like Red 2000? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Fuck. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I love Red 2000 with this song. Okay, anyway, moving on. Uh, but yeah, uh, Don't Call Me White, punk song. Uh, Red did a horrible cover of it, and I always love this version. Yep. Um, uh, but My Heart is Yearning. Which is a good, uh, 100% joke song. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like a police song. Yeah, it does. But I, it's got I that, do like it's the a, music in this one. Yeah, it, it, it's a two minutes, 24 seconds, most of his music. And, um, and, uh, fat, fat, um, it's Hefe singing the song. Mm. Oh, Hefe. Cause he does all the impersonations, all weird voices we hear. If it, if you guys, there's a secret track on this where you hear Hefe do a, a bunch of impersonations, all like Beavis and Bud. And a like horrible a, Beavis and Butthead impression. Oh, you don't think you don't like it? Well, it's not that I don't think it's funny. It's that it's just a not good impression. <laughs> okay. It's like running about, into that uh, kid from middle school who's like, I can do uh, the impression. And you're like, no, okay. you can't. What about the um, Speedy Gonzalez one? I did not realize it was Speedy Gonzalez. I just thought he was being racist. Oh, no. <laughs> I think he does a slowpoke version. But also... Those are racist caricatures, so maybe he was. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, so Heart is Yearning. Uh, it's it's a joke song, but it's it's kind of crazy that they went like one of the longer tracks on the album is just a joke track. Yeah, it's it's cool music. It's it's got like a it's got like a carry me a drum in it at one point. Mm-hmm. It's got a it's got a horns. Yeah, trumpet, uh, steel drums, very reggae. And then El Jefe singing in a funny voice. Yeah, talking about his dick is burning because of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then back to we'll punk, the, perf- the perfect government. Back to okay, a cover of a song by Mark Curry. Uh, Mark Curry, he's like, he, mm, he, uh, I've heard the original version of this, mm-hmm. not near as good as the MFX version. Uh, Mark Curry is a punk musician, but think of this song, but the whole time, like, they were singing, like, even if it's easy, they're doing that sort of. Like Americana sort of thing, right? Uh huh. Think like that, but without their adoration, and the whole song's like that. Oh, weird. Yeah, and so this one no kind of like it's... starts off weird, where they keep switching back and forth between like slower sounding stuff and punk, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of sticks to punk the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. Uh, it's it's a great version of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's always weird when you hear a band that does a better version of a song written by someone else. Right. Like, it's like always the risk of uh, letting someone do a cover of one of your songs. It's like, what if they do it better? Yeah. Like for example, there's a song by this busy monster called underground mm-hmm. and, and, uh, Harvey Danger, it carved covered it on changes version and Harvey Danger version is so much better. <laughs> oh my God. Like, cause the, that, that original version is just, it's dog shit. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, everything about it's bad. And it makes you wonder why they cover the song, but they made it good. Um, but um, this song, "Perfect Government," cover of Mark Curry's song, pretty pretty badass cover, pretty killer. Yeah, I like uh, it. It was I didn't even realize it was a cover. It was how I guess how good the cover is, or how well it yeah. fit, or how good of a choice it was for a cover. I didn't know like, it was a cover the first like ten years like oh, <laughs> of knowing this record. Yeah, I was like Mark Curry. Oh, 
and that had Google at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so uh, today, just to make sure I read it correctly, I listened to the Mercury version to, to confirm it's not near as good as the NoFX version. <laughs> the problem with NoFX in this this period is that all their solos kind of sound similar, mm-hmm. you know, like. But they're not, not near as bad as anti-flag solos, which are the same solo every time, oh God. just in a different key. <laughs> I know you you have a problem with anti-flag. I've never listened to them. I I got to be honest, man. They're never going to show up on the show. Yeah, I mean, I probably won't be picking them. I won't make you listen to them. <laughs> or I might, if I want to we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> maybe another Gauntlet episode will come up. Yeah, and I'll be like, listen, you kind of tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I know that you have just like, you have bad memories associated with, with uh, NFLag, right? Just like some dude you didn't like. Oh, yeah. Really I mean, it's, it's always like that specific kind of dude. Oh, yeah. Where it's like. Was he a punk rock? Was he punk? Yeah. And like, you know, I like Green Day and I like Anti Flag. I like punk. And oh. you're kind of like. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, I guess they're technically punk bands. What a fucking poser. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so the next song? The Bruise. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not Hebrew. Um, I'm not. I'm not a Jewish person. But uh, three of the members of NoFX are okay. Which is no, like sorry, without sorry. that context, two the, two the this leans yeah. a little, like maybe a little racist. But well, two of the two of the members of NoFX are uh, Fat Mike, who wrote the song, mm-hmm. is. Is Jewish, uh, and so is Eric Melvin. Uh, this I love the guitar sound of the song. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make it. It sounds like garbage, but it sounds also really cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically about like, I, I guess like Jewish skinheads fighting Nazis. Yeah, re- really. And uh, if you want to talk about white music and uh, the nuances of Hammerskins versus Sharps, you know, skinheads against racial prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want to really get into skinhead culture that much, but I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, skinhead culture started in the U- UK. Uh, Blue-collar workers, they were really into ska and reggae. Mm-hmm. And then somehow it got it co-opted into punk. And then somehow it became racist at one point. And they, the, those, the skinheads split off to the, uh, the ones that aren't racist and the ones that are. So <laughs> And so uh, the oi oi part—that's that's the four. You know, we're talking about sort of taking it back. Uh, the bruise, Hebrews, mm-hmm. um, and they, there's a bunch of cool, uh, cool like uh, Hasidic word, not Hasidic, but but uh, Yiddish words like uh, goyim and shagets and shiksas and menashevitz, which is a, a wine that you drink in Passover. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, hold on, I want to find some. Uh, other stuff in here, like uh, Michiganas, which is like Psycho, uh, Hutzpah, which everyone knows what Hutzpah right. is, <laughs> and then sort of like even uh, move, even in putting stuff like like a uh, like a uh, dietary law, like sub separating a milk plate from our meat. You know, it's cool. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a killer song. I, I don't know if it's racist. I mean, I think, I think since a couple members of the band are Jewish, it's probably fine. Okay. Um, and it, it's a pretty faithful, like, oi punk song, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I like it a lot. It's probably my second favorite song on the record. To be <laughs> uh, it's weird. Weird 
kind of instrumental. I don't know if I'd call it an interlude track, but the quas. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I I keep forgetting what a quas is, but it's just, it's a thing for sure. What is it? Um, I will tell you right now. A quas is a a fermented Russian beer like drink made from fermented rye or barley bread. Okay, so it's just beer. Yeah, it's just beer, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but it's the instrumental's like almost like a little metal sounding. It's got a bit of like a bass mm-hmm. solo going on. Uh, I, it's a cool track. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it, but I like it. So, um, I don't know if you know this, but Fat Mike's an amazing bass player. Yeah, amazing. I do know that. Okay. Uh, he didn't really shoot off in this record that much, but uh, I wish he did. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the bass line of this? You're like, it's pretty cool. Like, it's very serve, serve, you know. Bass is good, <laughs> like like it's it's really decent. But I I, w- I, I do every wish now and now and then he'd show off because I don't think he's known as to make some play bass player to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but to me he is, and yeah, <laughs> I like I like the quas, but to me it's a, it is a filler track to me. Yeah, it's just like a little yeah. kind of instrumental thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they get right back to it on Dying Degree, uh, just another yeah. fast punk song that is maybe about like being poor. Like I, I couldn't quite figure out what the lyrics were about, but I liked the track. Yeah, yeah. This is another like basic punk song about being poor and or a dying America, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, t- yeah. It's a, it's a cool song. It's it got a good guitar solo. They be interchanged with the other. Guitar song on this record, but um, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 also it could be I, it wasn't a, a single, but I could hear it being one mm-hmm. in my head, you know, like the way it's it's got that refrain that's so easy to die and degree, but um, <laughs> I do like how it ends with die and you can hear like Fat Mike's voice, uh, slowly turning to what it sounds like today at the end of this, and, um. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's again uh, under two minutes, so perfect punk version so, version of a song. Um, I don't, there's you know coupons cut smoke to the butt. Uh, the rightful owner of one deluxe cemetery plot. I'm just going through stuff that I can <laughs> the imagery. Uh, I do, the one I don't like. Your kids won't eat much anymore around me. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I I was um, I don't know. I didn't know quite what to make of it. It's like every time I kind of like figure thought I knew what was going on. Like a line would pop up, and I'd be like, "What? What? What? what genius says is about someone who saved their whole life. So the the only time they get to spend money is when they died. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, let's move on to uh, fleas. Yeah, which opens with bass chords, uh, which I always love the sound of. Oh uh, yeah, this is probably one of my favorite songs on the record. It's super short. It's like a minute forty nine. Uh, so. Knowing if you, I know a lot about Fat Mike because I'm a nerd like that, mm-hmm. and he hates his father. Um, on one one of the most recent records, he uh, talks about how glad he is he's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he does say he does quote his father in the song. Father used to say, "You sleep with dogs." The next day, you wake up at night scratching those inevitable fleas. We didn't do that to Cadence, but um, but he talks about in the song basically his parents and how they raised him in a way that's right. <laughs> I, I, it's a, it's a sad song. It sounds like, right. Yeah. You know? yeah. 
Yeah, it kind of just sounded like he was being taught lessons by people who like had already kind of like we're, learned we're, the lesson, I guess. Well, yeah, sort of like like I I had these people that taught me lessons because they were fuck ups, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Uh, I, I've never heard. You know, I, you know. I wish you have all things I can never buy you. I've heard that. Um, not Todd told to me, <laughs> but uh, my mom told me that once. I guess, mm-hmm. but like, but you know, I've never, I didn't grow up in a, a situation that was devoid of money. You know, I, I wasn't rich. My parents weren't rich, like wealthy, but I never like starved or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but I didn't get the cool guitars. I definitely didn't get the cool guitars. On <laughs> but I can get them now because I'm a grass man. I can spend the money on what I want. Get them. <laughs> uh, yeah, go get them. My dad's, my dad bought another guitar that was $3,000. Damn. Um, and you know, I'm always like, Dad, I'll never be able to afford someone that's like this. Like, and he's so morbid. He's like, Well, when I die, you'll have them. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I don't want your seven. I don't want your seven dollars. You spend so much money on. <laughs> I kind of do, but I don't want him to die to get them. right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so every time I mention that, he brings it up, and I'm like, You gotta stop reminding your mortality. Dad. <laughs> it's not a fun conversation. Yeah. 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 But please, it's a cool song. It's um. It's a slower song. They're like if you count like a, a slow like slower song, I guess mm-hmm. you call it this one. Yeah, it's a good song though. I like it. Um, then we get into Warren Myers, which is probably my favorite song on the record. It's really interesting. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say sex work is work, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm a, a big supporter of sex work. Uh, and this is about Fat Mike. He grew up uh, some girl. Uh, they used to play the naughty games at. A, a young age, and he found her later on in life by looking at porno, and um, confronted her, and she fucking told him off. Mm-hmm. Um, so verse two is, so, is sung by the late Kim Shattuck of the Muffs. Okay, yeah, I was curious um, who that was. Yeah, for a while I thought it was just uh, someone, one of the members of um, No Effects doing a, a voice, and I thought that was kind of shitty. And I thought I was actually <laughs> it had a. They had Kim Shattuck of the Muffs come sing for it. She's dead now, um, but but she has a killer voice. Yeah. Um, uh, like for example, when she says, "I took control," like that is so beautifully sung and screamed at the same time that I it gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. Uh, but it's what punk does, and generally like some hardcore, like some like think like comeback hit. Mm-hmm. Or like old score car to add something to a song that makes it sound like it's desperate and not in a bad way, but desperate is they add octaves, the octave melody, and the Warren Myers is the perfect perfect use of that octave melody. I'm sure you've heard it. I mean, you hear it all kinds of stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. I've heard it. I've heard Blink Way Two. Like every pop punk band has a version of that. And uh, yeah, I this is my favorite song on the record. Warren Myers. I think it's a good favorite track. Yeah. What do you think of it? I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's like It was good. I don't think it was I don't think it was my favorite, but I do like you know how you get like two characters points of view, you get two different singers. Like it was like I said they do interesting stuff within the the framework of uh like a punk rock record. Yeah. So uh there's the line this is like I I took control now answer me. The 50k I made this year, I went, you know, please, what's the problem? Or what's the problem? Based on my, like, I I do sex work and I don't, I have no shame in that. Mm-hmm. 
you know. And I don't know where you're talking shit on me. I I I know it. I know what it's like to feel like shit. And this is empowering to me. Uh, and it, it's weird that wanna, like like Fat Mike kind of makes himself the like the bad guy of the song. Yeah, but yeah, it, but it makes you wonder if it's a true story. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, but 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 it's it's where you version. Fat Mike is obviously very pro sex work. Uh, I mean, not from that song, but like knowing everything I know about Fat Mike, he's very pro sex work. He's he's his past wife was a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she was doing some of snake oil. She did some porno. If you guys want to find it, <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, but um, I don't know why I did that. But anyway, um, uh, I don't want. I think Fifty K was a whole lot more in nineteen ninety four. By the way. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. So, I mean yeah, but now it's uh, whatever. Fifty yeah, K can buy you a lot of Birkenstocks. Yeah, Jeff wears them too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> it's a joke song. It's a good song. I like it. I I, it didn't feel like super super jokey to me. Um, mm-hmm. It does have like uh, like jokes in it, but it's it seems like it's about some guy who like kind of used to be like one of your punk friends, but he's moving on to something else, which is like hippie. Yeah. Hippie shit. You know, you're, you're jam bands, you're grateful dead. Like a lot of the stuff Jeff is saying is like stuff. You would hear people be like, no dude, the grateful dead are like, they're better live. Like you gotta be there. Yeah, It's not the tunes. It's their live show. Uh, decent drugs. That's sort of thing. Walk around your bare feet. But like, so the course, I didn't know what he said for the longest time to like just recently. Where he says he's got a tie-dyed rancid shirt, which I get to me, they don't sell them. I think she didn't make them. Yeah, and that, that's if, that's where I was kind of getting the idea that it's like he used to be a punk, but now he's kind of more into like the hippie stuff. Is he probably just had a white rancid shirt and was like, <laughs> "All right, I guess I'll tie-dye that. That's what I got." Did you? Would you? Were you in? Did they teach you how to tie-dye in school? Uh, I think so. Like I've done it a couple of times. Yeah, in junior high, they tell everyone how to tie-dye, and I thought that shit was super lame. Oh, I like it at um, the moment. Do you have tie-dye shirts? I've made a few, yeah. Do you, how, do you still wear them? Uh-huh. Yeah, because I bought a, I I bought a Nick Reinhardt shirt that was white, and I don't wear a lot of white shirts, so I just oh. tie-dyed it. But, you know, I don't own any tie-dye. Well, he has a few. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get you some but, tie-dye. You got you to gotta start getting more into bands that jam, yeah, though. Yeah, but I, I, th- I think it's an old guy thing. That's just me though. Nah, it's coming back. You, it's coming yeah. back. Okay, I'll, I'll trust you on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Jeff wears Birkenstocks. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you own your Birkenstocks by the way? No. Nearby. That's too hippie for I me. I, I I don't I, I like my I like my shoes covering my whole foot. I mean, I'll wear like sandals if I'm just walking to the mailbox. But do do sandals or flip flops? Flip flops. Okay, there we go. They're they're the same thing in my head. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but right. they go from that to kind of like another punk, not punk, jokey song called Punk Guy about the most punk guy. So, so they mentioned they mentioned four people in this band. I can tell you who they all are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So crazy than Gigi, talking about Gigi Allen. Uh, Gigi Allen, have you seen Hated? The documentary? Hated? No, but I've, there's a uh, Gigi Allen concert on YouTube, all of it. And you watch censored, yeah. It was a nightmare. <laughs> I, I I recommend you watch uh, Todd Phillips's student film "Hated" about Gigi Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a scumbag. <laughs> that oh dude. yeah, he's awful. Um, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't even make good so, music, so I don't know why uh, people like him so much. 
but he's crazy for sure. He, you know, cutting himself and and uh, throwing shit at people and attacking people. And I'm pretty. And when you say throwing shit at people, he was throwing actual feces at people. Yeah, along with other things. Piss probably, or just like Um, stuff, chairs. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't say this as explicitly, but I'm pretty sure he's racist. (laughs) I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, then he's saying he's more PC than Ian, Ian McCown mm-hmm, from Gazi uh, and Minor Threat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're making it pretty clear this guy, this guy, the punk guy, the version of the song is not racist because he's more PC than Ian. Mm-hmm. Uh, who? Well, yeah, because he's which is, he's kind of not. It's not really like a contradiction, but it's like he's every facet of punk. Like they say that part yeah. where he was voted the biggest asshole and role model of the year. Yeah, uh, got color teeth like Johnny Johnny Rodden, mm-hmm. who's got uh, quite a bit of um, uh, he's a yellow teeth because he's it, some people would say it's because he's um, a Brit, but no, it's just Johnny Rodden's thing. He's got yellow teeth in the grudge. <laughs> and John Lydon's kind of pisses, really kind of asshole. Anyway. Oh yeah, he sucks. So do yeah. the sex pistol. Uh, yeah, and then he, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Like, so a lot of people are like, uh, like they they look at the sex pistols as. As the punk archetype, I couldn't give a fuck less about the Sex Pistols at all. They suck, right? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> We're gonna get email. Um, but uh, they talk about his very six like Collins did Colin Jerwood of the punk band Conflict, mm-hmm. British punk band. Um, and, and, and I listened to Crass today just to get punked out today. <laughs> and similar to Springer, Springer was a SSD singer, and SSD early is really kind of obscure. Uh, a straight edge band from the 80s. Um, and it's a joke song for sure, yeah. But this one's like only like <laughs> a minute long. Um, it's a punk song, too. and it uh has the second instance of a like punk slash drunk pun because he says the magazine yeah. punk and disorderly, yeah, 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 which is cool. I like this, yeah. Uh, this record's that's a fun song. A particular you fuck your mom with smoke while having gas. And it's it's <laughs> weird that you get it's like this run of like characters. Like you get Lori Myers, you get Jeff, you get punk guy, and then now you get happy guy. It's like so it's just like guy. a bunch of like characters in a row. Which I thought was kind of weird. Kind of interesting. So this is the interesting thing everything about happy guy. So in this one, you think, oh, fat mice very tolerant people are religious. Mm-hmm. No, nowadays he's fucking not <laughs> he has song, like like in the like the past 10 years his songs about religion have been so cutting and biting towards people who are religious that i know he doesn't feel this way about happy guy mm-hmm. <laughs> he hates happy guy oh i'm sure <laughs> but this song is about this guy he he had a uh he's just going through life it's things are hard for him but he he found religion it, it brought him peace yeah now he's and, happy now he's happy, and you know Jeff's like, you know, Fat's, Fatty's like, don't judge him. He he may have these ideas that are wrong, but his happiness is real, right? And don't try to take that away from him, because he's just a dude. He can do life the best he can, <laughs> but um, but he's gonna now he's gonna go take that from him. Yeah, a guitar solo is kind of okay. It, again, could be turned, could be interpolated in the other part of the song, um, any of the record, but yeah. Uh, it's not my favorite song. Mm-hmm. Far from, far from. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think I, we I got. Uh, 
No, it's not a character. But it sounds like a character for uh, Rico. Rico. Which I, I like yeah, that. I, I, I like that as a name. Like, because it's supposed to be like like Rico, like R I C O, but it's R E E K O because he, probably because like he smells stinky. bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a punk rocker. But it's another, I, I, this is, another reggae type thing, at least for the first half of the song. Yeah. And it's got, it's pretty funny. It's talked about, you know, like, like what a punk party, I guess, would happen where you Cisco empty, it, cooking oil into the aquarium, uh, you feed the dog X lax. <laughs> yeah, I, I like what it did in this because it does two verses of like, I guess like the aftermath of just like parties where it's just like, we've completely trashed this place. Now let's go. Yeah. And then it cuts to the president of the United States who, if they're making that comparison, like he's completely fucked the place up and he's like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Later. Uh, yeah, I, I this is a song where you can hear je- uh, fat, fat, fatty's bass skills, mm-hmm. you know? Because, uh, you know, it's a regular type song. It's a two-parter, and it's killer. I love that when it when they, you know, they have that cool little, like, solo, and then it goes into the, again, the octaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, just, I love and, that it's, um, it's like a, a reggae half and a punk half, and I really like so the line, this, uh, we all made this bed, now we got nowhere to lie. Ds and gentlemen. <laughs> um, uh Trying to understand, but yeah, like this song was written, I think, when when Bush was president mm-hmm. or about to be president or done being president, and it's sort of like, I, yeah, it's just saying the country's going to shit, and the, pres- the president doesn't know, and we're gonna tell him, uh, best way we can by <laughs> playing punk, writing a punk song, punk yeah, rock. yeah, yeah, uh, and then the album closes out with a slow, not really slow, but a a a track that's just acoustic guitar and vocals. And it's kind of like a, I guess like a kind of weird reggae ska song. Yeah. I uh, hate the way the guitar sounds on this one. What is your problem with it? It like, it sounds just like shrill. Like what I, I hear however they've like recorded it. Like, I feel like I'm on the verge of getting a headache the entire time I listen to the song. Cause it's just like, so just like, bah, like stop playing it like that or whatever you're doing. Cause it, it's hurting my ears. So you don't like this song? <laughs> I, can guess. I like everything else, but the guitar, like I like the vocals. I like the singing. You like the story? Yeah. I like the story. Yeah. About, about a homeless man who he, all he needs 13 chords to get, to get wasted on a, on a, and then, you know, but it's also like this dude, he lives it like, like this and that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, he and it talks about how he um he's reached his zenith. I mean, he's he's at the top of his craft, and he you know playing a horn, right? You know, he, so uh, he's a crow, scavenger type, uh, and scavenger type is in the song. And if you hang on after the song, about I don't know four minutes, yeah, something uh, like that. Uh, yeah, you there you hear uh, you hear songs, you hear have do impersonations of. Popeye, uh, you also say Beavis and Bud, the shitty one, uh, Speed Gonzalez, and I think that there's a few other ones I can't really get off the top of my head, but I know you hate the Beavis and Bud one, and I get it. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not that I hate it, it's just not a good impression, but I realize it like was uh, probably relevant at the time. Like, I feel like, was Beavis and Butthead the Napoleon Dynamite of the 90s? 
Yeah, but I think they were more popular than Napoleon Dynamite ever was. I don't know. Napoleon Dynamite, like, mm. it was so overquoted. Did you was watch the new Butthead Views of Butthead movie? No, way? not yet. The universe? Uh-uh. Are you going to? Uh, I might. I heard it wasn't super great. It wasn't bad, but, you know, it's... I don't think you need to... You know, like, <laughs> you don't need to watch it. Uh, I had to watch it for the show. Uh, the other show I do, guys, we'll talk about later. But, um... <laughs> This is no effects is a punk and drive like uh, you can find it on Spotify. Uh, you can find a vinyl and I recommend you if you find it in a no $300 effects, box set. You could. Yeah. Um, but if you guys are just getting the no effects, this is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just like it, this is like a classic punk record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you'll see it on like a bunch of lists like the 50 for one most Best pop punk records of all time, and this will be at least in the top ten, probably. Right. If it's not, don't fucking trust them. <laughs> they don't trust that publication. But yeah, uh, no effects is uh, punk and drublic. We did it, dude. We did it. I think, it, I think we need to pull a, a theme out of a hat. New theme time. New theme time. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready this time. I got it right here. Okay. Uh, let me shake it up. Okay. Well, and I, we got best album cover. Best album cover. Yeah, by uh, by Doctor Looper. Interesting. Suggested okay. by Doctor Looper. Yeah, I met him at your wedding. So, and I got I I, I, I don't know if you talked to I've talked about, it, but when I met him at your wedding, uh, I got weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got I got nervous because I he was being really funny, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, "What's your name? What's your name?" Like he did it a few times. I'm like, "Chris." And he's like, "Oh, I know who your name is." Like, like you don't have to fucking tell me. I know who you are. <laughs> and I felt, and I got weird, and, and like, uh, I, I did, I became kind of silent. So, <laughs> if you mentioned that, I, I feel bad. I should have been more friendly. I'm sure you were. <laughs> I wasn't friendly. mean. He, did, he didn't mention anybody being weird or unfriendly. Okay. All right. Well, I wasn't unfriendly. I was just, I was socially awkward as shit towards him. <laughs> Because I I know he listens to the show, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, because he uses uh, this this um this um topic, but I feel bad. So I'm sorry, man. If I can't always weird and uh, uh, he's still listening. Uh, what's his uh, Doctor Loper? I don't want to get his real name in the show. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if I was weird when I met you at Ryan's wedding. And next time we we I see you if that I see you again, I'm sure at some point in my life before I die. Will come to contact again. I will be more talkative. You'll have to tell him your name again. Not. Oh yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah. So best album cover. This is a weird one. Um, Could be good. And we'll it's, we'll see what good. what we come up with. Yeah, and when it gets posted, you actually see the album cover because Ryan will post it. Yes, on Instagram. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what typically do. what I do. All right, man. Uh, and, this is also an interesting one because we're. I'm also gonna pick one that has great music. <laughs> I mean, that's so, that's the goal. But if if something yeah. has a you know better album cover than it does music, I gotta go with it. Yeah, that's true. Like I I can think of a few right now, but I'm not gonna. I don't want to spoil it. Um, all right, man. Uh, uh shit. What does she got going on? Uh, me and said dr loper do the uh the music for this podcast you can find us on smell.bandcamp.com and yeah check us out we've got two little eps that are free to check out what do you got going on it's 
I, I do another podcast called Movies Don't Suck and Some That Do. It comes out weekly. Uh, I, I've i changed it to where it comes out Sunday. It actually comes out a week before we record again, which we do a live, we do a live show every Thursday. Uh, it, sometimes it's different because of schedules, but mostly every Thursday, 6.30, we do a live version of Movies Don't Suck, and then I take that recording and I make it nice and clean and beautiful, <laughs> and I put it on podcast form because it's a fucking podcast. Um, so, um, yeah, because of every week we do generally new movies. Uh, I don't know this will come out, but we, we've talked about Bullet Train. We've talked about all those big, sexy movies that come out in the summer. Uh, but yeah, this is a, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's what else I do. They're good, right? <laughs> that's it. That's all I got going on. All right. All right uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening to Recognite. Bye.